morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. stand together. We're going to open the Word of God together, and I'm going to continue in the series that I began last week. It's called Help. Someone say help. help. All right. I heard some real good help shout outs. Someone say help. help. All right. You know what? From time to time in life, we need help. Amen. How many have ever needed some help? You needed someone, a friend, you needed an expert, you needed a family member you, you, that you needed to call upon to get you some help, all right? All of us have been there. Uh, I moved from one house to another in the middle of coronavirus, and I needed some help, and I was glad for the guys that showed up to help me. Um, but I'm going to talk not about that kind of help today. I'm going to talk about experiencing God's help in everyday life. You know what? For me to live a victorious Christian life, for you to live the life that God intended, we absolutely need God's help. Amen? How many need God's help? Have you ever tried to do this thing on your own? How'd that work out for you? Doesn't work out. We need God's help. Two verses of scriptures today, um, both from the book of John. John chapter 14 and verse 26 says, but the... Okay, let's, let's, let's work with pastor here today. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? He will teach you all things... And bring all things to your remembrance, all things that I said to you. So, I'm so glad that the Spirit of God is my helper. Someone say help. John chapter 16 and verse 7. New King James says like this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. This is Jesus talking. He says, I'm with you right now, but I'm going to tell you this truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. But Jesus, we like having you with us. Jesus, it's cool when you're here. There's so many wonderful miracles, Jesus, when you're with us. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. What do we need? We need God's help. I need the helper to come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Let's ask God to touch our minds today, to receive the great truth in God's Word, that He is our helper. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. And today, if ever we needed the help of the Spirit, we need the help of the Spirit today. Amen? Jesus, I'm grateful today for Your Word. I'm thanking You for the great truths of Your Word. And God, this is one of the great truths that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how that you want to give us help in everyday life. God, you're going to let us know through your word there's some great benefits of having the help of the Spirit. God, I pray right now you would speak to us, that you would talk to us, God, and that we would invite you, the helper, to come and be a part of our lives. And everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you as you're seated. I don't know if many of you folks here know the Greek language or not. Um, 
I had to study a little bit of Greek when I was in a Christian college. Um, it's not difficult, but it takes time, like any language is. Uh, but uh, one of the things that I want to start off with today, in the original text, the word that is used as helper here is a Greek word that's called parakletos. Someone Look at someone nearby and say parakletos. Turn to somebody on the opposite side and say parakletos. You're, you're, you're getting good at Greek. This is the word in the original language, and this word parakletos means one who comes alongside. It means someone that comes to bring comfort, someone that comes to bring strength, someone that comes to help, one who stands with you in time of need. I desperately need the parakletos to come and be with me. Amen? One who comes alongside, one who comes to comfort, one who comes to strengthen, one who comes to help, one who stands by me in my time of need. Now last week, for those of you that were not here, I just wanted to kind of review just, just front end a couple of the key truths from last week's message to bring you up to speed. Uh, before we move into some new content. Paul the Apostle in Ephesians had a great command. Someone say command. It was a command in, in this book. And the command was this, be filled with the Spirit. Someone say filled. Here, here's the verse. Ephesians 5 and 18, don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know, this is not just a one-time event. This is not just, I'm, I'm going to be full one time with the Spirit. No, this is a, a, a continual filling. It's, it's something that would be repeated habitually in the believer's life. It's to be continually full of God's presence and God's Spirit. And so the key here we found in the book of Acts predominantly, there, there's a key truth when talking about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It's fullness. And I went through seven or eight verses quickly in the book of Acts. They were all filled. Peter was full. You know, and I went down through it. Full, full, fullness, filled. This is a key truth. And it's not to be full of something like the, the, the apostle Paul is talking here in Ephesians. Don't be full of stuff that won't help you like alcohol. It'll ruin your life. But be full of the Spirit. You know, when you're full of the Spirit, it's when you have that relationship with God, where God is directing your steps. It's where God is leading you. It's where God comes to live on the inside of you, and the Spirit is going to direct you. It's going to guide you. You know, where alcohol, and I told you last week, in almost every instance, people that get caught up with alcohol, it's broken lives, it's shattered homes, it's desperation, it's bodies that are failing because of alcohol. It's not always a good ending. In fact, almost in every instance of people that I've had to deal with, alcohol was always negative. But if you're full of the Spirit, the opposite is true. For all the negatives on this side with alcohol, when you have the Spirit of God, it's life, it's abundance, it's families brought back together, it's, it's lives and bodies that are made whole by the power of the Spirit. 
In the Old Testament, the Spirit was active. It was leading men. It was talking to men and women. It was moving upon them. But in the New Testament, God's Spirit takes on a new role where where God says, I want to live inside of you by the power of my Spirit. He comes to live inside of man. And it's something that I'm so glad that I have received the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I have the presence of Almighty God living down on the inside. It's to direct my life. It's to help my life every single day I live. That was last week, Reader's Digest condensed version. Now, now, here's what I want to get to today. I'm telling you, as I was preparing this lesson, I'm telling you, I, I thought about doing a five-part series on a couple of points here, because every single point here is powerful. I'm, I'm going to give you five benefits. Someone say benefits. Don't you like having benefits? Five benefits of having the Holy Ghost. Five benefits of the Spirit. Benefits, these are benefits that really you can only experience through the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, every single one of these is a big deal. At some point, maybe in the future, I I will make this message a five-part series because really, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna skim the tops of five benefits of the Holy Ghost. And and I'm telling you, it's good stuff. How many are grateful that you have the Spirit of God living in your soul? I'm grateful. Benefit number one, simple. The power of sin is destroyed in my life. Now that could make you shout. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 says it like this. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also, we we, we come up out of that water and we receive the Spirit. We, We rise to walk in the newness of life. Someone say newness. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6 is where I want to get to. Knowing this, someone say knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be temporarily done away with. Is that what it says? No, it says that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. There's a power that comes from this gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible lets us know here that when you receive it, that the power of sin is destroyed in your life. Now let me, I know that some of you are thinking, well, I've I've made some mistakes since I've received the Spirit. So have I. You say, well, You mean to say when I get the Holy Spirit, I will never sin again? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that the grip, the chains, the the power of sin to cause you to live an ungodly life, the, the, the Bible says it will be destroyed. You will no longer walk like you used to walk. Yes, you might stumble. Yes, you might fall, but you get back up again and you keep walking towards Jesus because the Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, 
we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. This, this verse 6 says these two words, knowing this. You know, when we know, when we understand what takes place when the Spirit indwells us, that there is something. The old man is crucified. The body of sin is done away with. And we are no longer slaves of sin. I want some of you to think back to how it was before Christ. Before the power of the Spirit indwelled you. You just were like, you were like a zombie. Just, what, what do I do now? And you're following the, the, the lust of the flesh. Just, just controlled by that. No, no self-control, no, no godliness at all. But when the Spirit of God comes in, there's a chain. The slavery of sin's power is broken. And you're no longer bound by the chains that used to hold you. The Bible says that the old man is crucified with Christ. You know what? When you're buried in water in the name of Jesus, when you go down under that water, you might go down an old man, but the Bible says you come up a new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God for that. I thank God that I can rise to walk in a brand new life. You said, well, I, I'm, I, I don't have the Spirit yet. I want the Spirit because I'm, I'm controlled by, by my flesh. Guess what? You need the power of the Holy Ghost to control yourself. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to give you power. It happens through the power of the Holy Ghost. It breaks. Someone say breaks. It destroys. Someone say destroys. The power of sin in your life. Are you grateful that the power of sin has been destroyed? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That, that by itself is worth the desire to be filled with the power of his spirit. Because that power of the enemy, that, that power of sin is now broken when you receive it. Number two, another benefit that you can only experience through the power of the Holy Ghost. I, I've, I've got this one here. It says this. You have confidence that Christ lives in you and will help you. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 14 and verse 16. Jesus speaking, he says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You know, this was God's plan from the very beginning. His plan was that he would live in the lives of human men and women, that his spirit would come and dwell in man. You know, as a child, how many have ever been in Sunday school and and you've been told by your teacher, you've been told by your mother or father, you need to have Jesus in your heart. Ever, ever been told that as a child? I remember as a child being encouraged to ask Jesus into your heart. You need, you need Jesus to live inside of you. And when you think about it, how is that even possible? Like, how, how do I get Jesus? who lived 2,000 years ago, to live inside of me. 
doesn't even hardly make sense. But I want to encourage you today, you can have Jesus living in your heart by receiving the Spirit of Christ, by receiving the power of the Holy Ghost. That is how you get Jesus living inside of you. Notice what these verses said. Jesus said in verse 16 and 17, he says, I will be the helper. He says, the helper abides with you. Well, who is abiding with him? It was Jesus was telling them this. He said, the helper abides with you right now. The spirit of truth. You know him. He dwells with you. He's walking with you right now. But there's coming a day in the not too distant future that he is going to be in you. He goes on to say in verse 18, Jesus brings clarity to these verses. He says, I, this is Jesus talking, I will not leave you orphans. One translation says comfortless. I, someone say I, who's the I here? Jesus says, I will come to you. There's going to be a spirit. There's going to be the spirit of truth that is walking with you right now that's going to be inside of you. I thank God that when you receive the power of the Holy Ghost, you're receiving the Spirit of Jesus Christ. You're receiving the power of the Spirit. God's Spirit takes up residence in your life. Today I have Jesus living inside of me. Today I have, how's that? It's through the power of His Spirit. He has put his spirit within me. He walks with me. He guides me. He directs my steps. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I can go to him and say, God, I'm going to fail without you. But God, with your help and with your power and your guidance, you're going to teach me. You're going to help me. Someone say help. You're going to help me live for you. That's what happens when we receive. I have confidence that Christ lives inside of me and that he is going to help me every step of the way. Are you grateful for the help that Jesus gives? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give him a little praise right now. I thank you, Jesus, for your power. I thank you for your spirit, God, that lives inside of me. The third benefit that you can experience, that you really can only experience through the power of the Holy Ghost, you're going to have a peace Someone say peace. Peace that knowing that Jesus is returning for you and heaven is awaiting you. John 14 and verse 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself. That where I am... There ye may be also. There there is a peace that I have. That that when I have coming to an end of a life, going to a funeral, a family member that's, that's loved the Lord, a saint of God that's served God all their life, I don't have to worry about not seeing them again because I have a peace. Because Jesus said, I'm going to repair a place for you. And I'm going to come again and I'm going to receive you to myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. It is the hope of the child of God. It is the hope of the Christian. The Bible says if we have hope in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. 
But I don't have hope just in this life. Because I've received the power of his spirit, I have a hope that Jesus is preparing a place for me, that he's going to return, he's going to take me, and I believe, church, it's not in the too distant future. When you see what's happening on the world stage, when you see the peace that's being proclaimed in the Middle East, the Bible says when, they, when man says peace and safety, get your eyes on him because the end is coming very soon. And I'm saying that with a little bit of excitement. You say, you're, you're, you're crazy, pastor. No, there's a hope that I've got. I have a peace in my heart that Jesus Christ is coming back for me and I'm going to spend eternity with him. There's a heaven awaiting this preacher. There's a heaven awaiting those of you that have a desire to see him. Amen? What a peace it brings. Number four, benefits for receiving the gift of the Spirit. It's a quickening power. Within us. You know what? The Bible is very clear that there's coming a day when Jesus Christ is going to return. Anyone ever heard that preached? I, I must have something beyond this guy's power to get me out of here. Amen? I might be good at a few things, but when I think about the power that's going to be needed for this mortal human being to, to resurrect, it's going to take more than Steve O'Donnell's power. And if you're sitting here, it's going to take more than your power to get you off the ground when the rapture takes place. Amen? Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 one of those if statements. But if, someone say if. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Someone say dwell. He that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Give life to your mortal bodies. By the spirit that dwelleth. In you. That's the New King James, and I'm the one that put that scripture in. Viv, can you, can you pull up the, the, the King James? Uh, there, there's a, a point I want to make here that it's easier explained in the King James. Romans 8, 11, King James says it very similar, similarly. I'm sorry I'm putting Vivian on the spot here and making her work real hard while we're all waiting. No pressure, Viv. I want you to see this. All right, here it is. Re read this verse with me. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth. Someone say dwelleth. In you. It starts with an if. The critical part of this verse is the, the two-letter word if. If God's Spirit dwells in you, the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, there's coming a day 
that that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is going to quicken or give life to your mortal bodies. Like I said, I don't have the power to get myself out of here. Amen? I, I need a power beyond mine. I need the spirit of Almighty God to quicken my mortal body. Notice what the end of this verse says. It says, um, from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The New King James says dwells, which that's kind of the same thing. But the ETH ending gives us a continual understanding. It's a spirit that dwelleth. It doesn't just come in one time, done. Oh, I've got the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm ready. I'm rapture ready. I'm good. And you, you will be. But, but here's the deal. It's got to be a continual indwelling. It's a dwelleth in you. Not a one-time occurrence. I need God's supernatural power. I need the power of the Holy Ghost to come and indwell this mortal being. I want to be rapture ready, and I believe that the rapture is not too far off. I want to make sure that I have his quickening power. I want to make sure that I have the, the rapture power, the resurrection power that will get me out of here at the sound of the trumpet. Lord, have mercy. What a benefit of receiving the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a quickening power at work in us. Now, now I want to kind of go back here a little bit. A couple of verses in the Word of God that kind of gets us understanding about the change that's going to take place when the trumpet sounds. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15 says it like this. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Asleep here means they've died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. There's going to be a shout from God Almighty. It says, and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. There's going to be some activity that, that starts this rapture that starts this resurrection of the saints. And the Bible goes on to say, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Hallelujah. Brother Andrew, you were just to see your family and your grandmother passed away. What a godly woman she was. A dear friend of mine. She was an elder, but she was a friend of mine. Sister Charlene Watson. And the Bible says here, Andrew, and I believe it's going to happen most likely like this, where the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first. I don't want to die to rise first, but, but there's a little bit of preference given to those that have died in the faith, that they're rapture ready, that they, they get there first. But the Bible says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting, church? There's coming a day. And I don't, I, I'm not a guy that's going to predict the day, the month. It's, I just know the Bible says you're going to know the signs, the times. And when you're looking at prophecy and you're looking at the Word of God and you're seeing what's happening in our world, 
This pandemic is not something that you can say, okay, that's just kind of a coincidence. No, 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 no. God's in charge of everything. For something to affect every continent of the world, for something to affect every country of the world, to affect the seniors, the youth, to affect the rich, the poor, to affect every single one at some level, God has something to do with what's going on. Amen? This is happening. I already mentioned the peace treaties that are being signed in the Middle East. That's happening. When, we, when, we're, when we're noticing the signs of the time, we, we can anticipate that, that in the not-too-distant future, there's going to be a, a rapture that takes place. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. What a day that will be. 1 Corinthians 15 and 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Someone say changed. The change is going to take place in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Hallelujah. You're tired of, of dealing with the, the sicknesses that come with this old flesh. You're tired of the pains and the aches. There's coming a day that that's all going to change. It's going to be, you're going to, the Bible says that, that the mortal is going to take on immortality and this corruptible is going to take on incorruption. I thank God that I have received that quickening power and I am ready for that day. I am listening for the sound of the trumpet. I'm anticipating meeting some loved ones in the clouds and forever I will be with the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. What a great truth that is. What a benefit. We've, we've covered four benefits right now. The power of sin is destroyed in my life. The confidence that Christ lives in me and helps me. The, the peace that comes knowing that Jesus is returning for us and he's going to take us to a heaven that is waiting for us. And the quickening power of the spirit that's in us and making us ready for the trumpet when it sounds. And the final one today. Benefit for having the gift and the power of the Spirit working in us, is God's supernatural power will be at work in us and through us. John chapter 14 and verse 12 also tells us, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do. This is Jesus talking. If you believe in Jesus, the works that Jesus does, you will do also. And greater works, someone say greater works, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Acts 1 and 8 lets us know, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Talking about a power, talking about God working in us. God working through us. There's a power when you receive that gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm telling you, church, if you've not yet received it, at this point, it's one of the greatest experiences you will ever have in your life. Is there an amen from those that have received it? There's a supernatural 
power that you receive. It's not just something to make you feel good, but it will make you feel good. Sometimes people get the Spirit of God and, and they feel good and they come and they, they worship God and they feel good. And next week they feel good. And they, they, they just like the feeling good. But the purpose of the Holy Ghost in your life is not just to make you feel good. The Bible lets us know here in these verses that God wants to do a transformational work in your life. God wants to, to um, do something in you so that you can be used for the kingdom of God. It's the power of God working through you. The Bible says you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses. We need to have his spirit. We need to have the power of the Holy Ghost so that we're effective when we come in contact with people that need Jesus, that we'll be witnesses, that we can, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible says that you're, because of the power flowing through the apostles and the church that God has put his power in, there are people that they receive miracles, they had signs, they had wonders done in the power of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, and Jesus, when he was here, he did amazing things. You say, well, how can I do greater things than Jesus? He did it all. He raised the dead. He healed the blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He, he, he just took care of all kinds of troubles. Healed the lepers. The Bible says here in John, it says that, you know what? You're, you're going to do greater works than these. Jesus said this himself. How can we do greater than that? Pretty hard to do greater than that. But you have to understand, Jesus at his um, resurrection, he told the disciples, he said, you go wait for the promise of the Father. I'm going to put the promise down inside of you. And you're going to go and you're going to do great things. And they did that. They went to the upper room. The Bible says on the day of the Pentecost, there were 120 of them and they were all filled, the Bible says, with the power of the Spirit as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they spoke in other tongues. And the Bible says that day, as the message was preached, and the 3,000 more were added to the church. And then another time, there were 5,000 more added to the church. And then the Bible goes on, instead of being added, it starts using, they were multiplied greatly. It went from addition to multiplication. And so Jesus did a lot of great things. But Jesus was Jesus. And, and, and Sister Marie, if he was walking by your house, it was your lucky day. If you had a need, Marie, you could just, hey, Jesus, and Jesus would come by and take care of your deal. But if he was in Burlington, he wouldn't be over in Stony Creek, and he wasn't in Hamilton, and he wasn't in Grimsby, and he wasn't in Milton, because Jesus was Jesus. Great, he did great and mighty works. But the Bible says that Jesus says, I'm going to come and I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. The way that the church today can do greater works is because there's a little bit of Jesus in you, and there's Jesus in you, and there's Jesus in you. And so guess what? If there's a need in Grimsby, or there's a need in Burlington, or there's a need in Milton, or Toronto, as long as there's a, a child of God that has the power of the Holy Ghost, they can pray, and God can heal, and God can set free, and God can deliver. Hallelujah. I thank God that we can do great and mighty things through the power of his spirit. It's his plan. It's the plan of God that the spirit of God flows. It's not to lie dormant in your life. It's not to be a one and done activity of God in your life. 
It's to be what I talked about last week. We're to be full of the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God be active in our lives. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. This past week, I was watching some of our general conference. Of course, I normally go to general conference in the fall. There was no general conference to go to. It was an online event, so I was watching uh, Brother David Bernard, the general superintendent, and he was preaching, and he was talking at the end of his message, and he was telling about him and his wife got to go to the Middle East. He didn't name the country because it's a country that people's lives are in danger for being there. And they get to go and meet up with some people. One of the guys that he met up with was an atheist. He was a Muslim and he was an atheist. He didn't even believe in any kind of God. Uh, brought up in a Muslim home. And, and in the course of time, his mother found truth. His mother was filled with the Spirit and his mother was going to this apostolic church that was preaching the truth. And so when finally the son gets to escape his country and gets to where his mother is at, she says, you've got to come with me to church. He says, I don't believe in any God. I'm an atheist. And, and so he says, but mom, since it's you, out of respect for you, I will go one time to your church. This is a guy that was not brought up going to any church. And, and so he had questions. He, he, he developed a list of 50 questions for the preacher that he wanted this preacher to answer. And he said, if that preacher can give me answers for these 50 questions, I might go back another time. He said, but if he can't answer these questions, I will never go back with you to that church. So finally the day came and he went to church with his mom. And something happened. He entered the building and it was not a building as big as this. This is not even a big building, but it wasn't like this. It, it would be like a house church meeting because it was in a country where church is not really promoted. And he got into that little service and this little group of people. And something began to happen in this atheist's life. He begins to weep. He doesn't know why he's crying. He begins to cry. Tears start coming down his cheeks you know what was happening? He was feeling for the very first time the power of the Spirit of Almighty God. He, he was, he, that, that service was done, and, and he told the preacher, and he told his mom, I have no more questions. He pulled out the list of questions. He said, I have no more questions. I'm a believer. He's been baptized in Jesus' name. He's received the gift of the Holy Ghost because he says, something changes when you get into a place where the Spirit of God is flowing. Today I want us to encourage you. We all need to be full of the Holy Ghost. For just these benefits alone. And there's, there's so much more. But when you see these amazing benefits of, of the Spirit of God living inside of you, why on earth would you not want it? To have the power of sin broken. To know that Jesus Christ is living inside of you. To know that heaven is awaiting you. To know that he, he's going to do something great and there's a quickening power. When he comes back, you're going to be re resurrected out of here. There's so many benefits. I'm just going to just tell you right up. You must have this gift of the Holy Ghost in your life. You, you can't live life for God any other way. People try it all the time, but, but it's, 
It's, it's tough. You can't do it. You need the Spirit of God. Let's all stand together. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Someone is beginning to pray right now. There are people in this room that need the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of you have received it in the past, but you need a fresh endowment with power. It's not enough to have the Spirit of God touching you sometime in the distant past. It's something that needs to be full today. It needs to be active today. There needs to be a current river of revival flowing in your heart today. There needs to be a current fire of the Holy Ghost burning in your heart today. It must be an up-to-date endowment of power from on high. Hallelujah. If you desire God's Spirit to flow, if you desire a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost to flow, if you desire a fresh fire to fall on you today, I want you to lift your hands right now and begin to cry out to God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If that's you, I want you to begin to reach out to Him. If you desire that Spirit to flow in your life, I want you to begin to cry out. No one can do it for you. Only you can do it. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both, and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.